Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything. Weather, science, earth science, and even a whole lot more, as was the witness in episodes number 238 and 239. Go check it out when you have a chance. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier, and I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 240 for Monday, Monday, Monday. And uh, it's the start of a brand new week. I'm fresh from vacation and it is September the 27th, 2021. So we are on the home stretch of the first month of meteorological autumn. And that means that we'll be assessing it here very, very soon. Coming up later this week, and here is a little hint of what we have up and coming this week on Weather Jazz. I will have Scott Sable returning in all probability on Wednesday to talk about the month of September, how we did in terms of a month-long forecast, what were some of the highlights, what were some of the interesting points about the month of September. There's always something interesting going on when you look at a 30 or 31 day period or obviously in the month of February, a 28 or a 29 day period. There's always something very, very interesting that emerges. We'll take a look at that on Wednesday with Scott Sapel. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast so that we can take a deeper and more interesting look at the month that we are just beginning to close the books on. And we'll also give you a little hint as to what we might be seeing in the month of October. Um, Almost a, a monthly weather forecast as opposed to the winter weather outlook, which, by the way, will be coming up at the end of October and the beginning of November. Specifics yet to be announced as to when exactly Scott and I will unpackage what we're looking at, or at least what we think we're looking at. That's a better way to put it in meteorology, uh, especially in terms of a long-term forecast. And we'll take a look at that, unpackage it, and hopefully have a real good handle on what it is we're going to be uh, seeing and experiencing this coming winter in about a month or so. I'll also give you a little heads up as to what we have, I believe, coming up on Friday. That coming up in just a little bit. So I was on vacation last week. As you know, if you're a Weather Jazz subscriber, podcast listener, I mentioned at the end of episode number 239 that unless there was some interesting, really crazy weather pattern that needed to be discussed, that I would be on vacation. And my bride and I did, in fact, do some traveling and ran into some really interesting meteorological things that happened during our stay. Where did we go? Well, we went to a place called Topsail Beach. Now, if you look at it on a map, 
It is essentially about 40 minutes northeast of Wilmington. It's right on the coast. It's near Sneeds Ferry and Surf City, North Carolina. It's essentially in Outer Banks. And this Outer Banks is called Topsail Beach. And if you look at it on a map, it looks like Topsail Beach. And indeed, I guess if you're a, an outsider, if you're somebody who doesn't live in the area, you will read that and call it Top Sail Beach. But that's how, according to my cousin who lives in Sneeds Ferry, is the way they determine if you are from the area or you're a visitor. And uh, so she warned me ahead of time, it's not Top Sail Beach. And if you go to the area and you spend enough time there, you will very quickly find out that the way to pronounce it is topsail. So it's a real quick T-O-P sound, and the second syllable is very quick and more like a small S-I-L. Topsail. So it's Topsail Beach. We had a condominium essentially right on the beach within one mile of the shoreline. And it was just a delightful place to be. We used Airbnb, as we often do for vacation stays outside of the area. We have long been doing that, more than a decade. And this was definitely one of the top stays, in my humble opinion. Not because of what the hosts did. You see, when you're an Airbnb client, the people from whom you're going to rent can really get to know you as the renter. And that's one of the great things about Airbnb. And they suddenly realized that they had two meteorologists that were coming to stay in their condominium for five or so days. So what did they do? They crafted a wonderful welcome basket for us, a nice note saying we understood that there were two meteorologists coming And so we developed this snack basket with snacks that were sky and heavens related. It was really neat to see the thought that they put into this because here we are with moon pies, starburst uh, candies. We had sun chips, Milky Way bars, and for beverages, the bottles of ice, the no sugar sparkling beverage that you see in tall, thin plastic containers. So everything had a weather, science, or heavens theme to it, and it was just absolutely delightful. We were blown over by the fact that somebody would take the time to do that. And, of course, that was above and on top of the place that was being rented, which was really one of the best ones that we have stayed at over the course of the 10 or 15 years that we have been Airbnbers. Well, let me talk about the surf a little bit because it was fun being right on the ocean and literally one minute away from putting our toes in the sand and our feet in the water. And it was absolutely stunning on top of the fact that we had the full moon rising over the Atlantic Ocean right about the time that we arrived on the first night, which was really stunning. And uh, the subsequent nights were the same as well uh, until the skies get cloudy. But uh, four out of five of the days were really quite delightful. 
in terms of sky conditions, etc. The first full day there, which was a Sunday, last Sunday, we went out on the beach when low tide was arriving. And for those familiar with the coast living and those who enjoy swimming in the ocean, realize that, especially on a barrier island, but this can be the case in virtually any place, you will have a sandbar and many times a second and a third sandbar a little further out. The first sandbar at low tide frequently is visible. And that's the place where you can kind of play in the, in the, the sand, the mud. It's always wet kind of thing. You, you always see a lot of kids playing there. Second sandbar is a little further out. And, uh, and that's where we were, spent most of our time. That first day, the winds were light and the sun was out. It was delightful. We were just plopping through the ocean. The waves were breaking at our knees. That's an important note here because I'm about to tell you what happened after that day. We went back in. We had a wonderful meal. And then a very strong east wind started to develop. Strong east wind for Topsail Beach means right off the ocean. And when we got up the next day, that strong east wind was even stronger. So we went out to the beach and saw the wave action had really picked up. We went out onto the second sandbar at low tide, which was about a half hour later than the day before. That's the way tides work. And when we did, we found out that the waves were really built up. Now, the waves were about a foot or so, foot, foot and a half on the second sandbar. At low tide, the waves broke anywhere from a foot and a half to five or five and a half feet above where they were the day before because of the constant east wind that was pushing the surf onto the shoreline and causing the wave action to be much, much higher. So if you want to see the result of the wave action, I brought my GoPro camera with me and I have a short 30 second clip up on weatherjazz.com episode number 240. It is worth your time. If you are listening to this on a run or you're listening to this on your way to or from work or errands, as soon as you get home, call up weatherjazz.com. Episode 240, scroll down and look for the video that I posted from my GoPro camera. A little 30-second clip, that's all it is. And I slow-mo one particular weight. The first one was at about chest deep. Now, remember, the day before, these waves were breaking at our kneecaps. So this first wave breaks over my chest. And unbeknownst to me, a second wave, which was higher than my head, about five and a half, six feet, began to overtake me. And I was unaware. It literally knocked me off my feet, put the GoPro into the water, which is fine because GoPros are uh, waterproof. But uh, And I slow it down. I slow it down to add a little dramatic effect. And then I finally got my footing on the bottom of the sandbar when the waves began to go back out, emerged. You'll see my reaction was that of surprise and almost a little humor uh, involved as as I wiped away 
uh, all of the water that was uh, literally coming off of my sun hat. But one of the things that really surprised me is that my sunglasses stayed on my head when that second wave knocked me over and spun me around uh, as if I was inside of a washing machine on spin dry. Um, And then I got up, the glasses were still on my head, and my personal trainer, Joey Fitz, at Planet Fitness today, when I went to go work out, uh, watched the video and, and thought the same thing. He says, I am shocked that your sunglasses were still on your head. Because he said that he has lost many, many sunglasses to the surf in that very, very same way. So go go check it out when you have a chance. The surf was very high. Incidentally, that strong east wind kept going on the second night. And the waves were even more wild as we moved into the day on Tuesday. Uh, That unfortunately meant that a rip current warning went into effect, a high risk for rip currents. And judging from the undertow currents that were knocking us off our feet the day before on the second sandbar at low tide, we could have only imagined how much stronger they were the day later. So after two days of a strong east wind, um, I also mentioned to some friends that uh, the wind that howled on the sliding glass door of the deck of the condo that particular night sounded to me almost like the sound effects, the cheesy sound effects that you heard on the Three Stooges episode, The Ghost Talks. You may remember them. They go into a haunted house. Uh, They're cleaning something up, and, and there was a suit of armor that spoke. But all throughout that entire episode, there was this cheesy-sounding wind that was howling at and through the windows. That's what it sounded like for almost 24 hours in the condo. It was really uh, quite humorous in that regard because I couldn't get the Three Stooges episode out of my head. Am I a Three Stooges fan? Yes, I am. Um, Only because it's guy humor, as my wife tells me. My wife is not a fan of the Three Stooges. So all that to say, we had a great time. And once we came back, we went from highs in the 80s to highs in the 50s with that uh, cold breeze and even some instability, lake effect type rain showers. So, wow, what a change that was. But I am refreshed. And you can get a sense for the refreshment that we were getting as we were playing in the surf. Once more, go to weatherjazz.com, episode number 240. Scroll down to that little 30-second clip. I'm going to try to show the clip on Fox 8 News tonight at 5 p.m. And if you want to see the reaction from the news anchors after showing the clip, I'm sure that they're going to chuckle, and I'm sure it will be worth it. So if you're listening to this before the 5 p.m. show on Monday, make sure that you tune in. Fox A News at 5 p.m. Not sure which weather segment I'll have it on, but to watch the whole thing, and hopefully we will have that clip for you. Okay, what's up and coming later this week for Open Line Friday? Well, I'm going to be interviewing somebody who's really familiar with fall foliage. He lives in New England. He travels all six New England states, 
in search of the best places for fall color. His name is Jeff Folger, and he is a Weather Jazz listener. He contacted me a little bit ago after hearing my interview with Don Kent, uh, who is uh, a an icon in New England meteorology. He used to work at WBZ for decades and decades and decades, set the standard the very same way that Dick Goddard set the standard for meteorology and television in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Don Kent has since passed away a number of years ago, but I reposted his interview to make sure that those that, that had not heard it in season one could hear it in season two. And so Jeff Folger, after hearing that particular podcast, reached out and said, hey, listen, I cover the New England fall foliage scene for many media outlets. And he said, I I think this would be a great topic for Weather Jazz. And I agree. So I'm going to be interviewing Jeff this week. That will very likely be the topic for episode number 242, Open Line Friday. Well, I certainly hope you enjoyed today's very interesting what I did on my fall vacation episode right here on Weather Jazz. It was fun telling you about these things. And I do have some ideas about future Weather Jazz episodes as a result of our vacation. I mentioned that on uh, Friday last on episode 239. I said more than likely I'm probably going to be getting lots of fun ideas and so I'll, I'll be preparing those as we head into the coming weeks and months. In the meantime, if you have a question or a topic suggestion, I welcome your input. You can easily reach me, weatherjazz at yahoo.com. And also on the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line, you can leave your message by phone, 234-525-5888. Again, 234 234- 525-5888. Listen to the prompts carefully and leave me your message whenever you can. Scott Sable coming up on Wednesday. You don't want to miss it. He's always a very, very popular guest and we'll get weather nerdy on you as we talk weather for the month of September and we'll even look ahead into October a precursor to the winter weather outlook, which will eventually carry right here on Weather Jazz. We'll see you then. Have a great week ahead. Weather and science across the globe. The Weather Jazz Podcast.